Good evening, dummies. Matt Spear from Don't Unfriend Me, episode 209, Tuesday, August 24th, 8.24 p.m. We have been live having a very heated and fun conversation with people, and it's always a good time to see the dummies engaged. Welcome to Don't Unfriend Me. What do we do here? We talk about politics. We talk about current events, sports, really whatever is going on and tickles my pickle. Tonight, we are going to talk about You Don't Bring Me Flowers Anymore, Donald Trump's Honeymoon. It's not Donald Trump, excuse me, Joe Biden's honeymoon. That is the first real big gaffe I've made. Maybe that's apropos to who we're going to talk about. Joe Biden, the honeymoon's over, and the media is sicking the dogs of war on Joe. The pundits, the RNC, the DNC, Republicans, it doesn't matter. It seems like everybody's after his throat nowadays. I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to also tell you why I believe Republicans have the House and the Senate locked up in 2022. You've heard it here first. People haven't really went out and made predictions since Hillary Clinton lost to Trump. And the reason why is because they realized that their polls really didn't mean anything. I'm not looking at the polls. I'm looking at something else, popularity. And there is a curse that happens with the House and the Senate usually follows. I'll talk about that curse tonight. Folks, but first, like always, I'm supposed to have a joke. I don't have one. So I'm not going to tell a joke tonight. I'm just going to go into the intro and say Nothing funny, because I forgot to write it down, to be completely honest with you. I'll be right back. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Thank you, dummies, for being here. I appreciate it. Once again, my name is Matt Spear, episode 208. We're talking about You Don't Bring Me Flowers Anymore, Joe Biden, and why I believe that we are going to take the House, Senate, and ultimately the presidency. You'll hear it here first tonight. But first off, you can follow me on all my social media down there. I'm now on Rumble. Head on over to Rumble and join. You can watch videos there. I post them all weeknights around 930 Tonight will be the same thing. I go live usually. We'll talk a little bit before and after the show, so stick around for that. We're also on YouTube and Facebook. If you wouldn't mind, if you're on YouTube, click right here on this red envelope, and that'll allow you to follow and like and share and all that stuff. Same thing on Facebook, and if you have all those accounts, just do me a favor. Do a full little run through all your accounts and follow me. I am at Don't Unfriend Me Show on all social media. If that's not your bag, you can visit me on my website at don'tunfriendme.com. My catalog is there. The website's there. Everything you need along with my blog. Stop by, say hello, and say a few things. You might hear me say dummies tonight. Well, dummies is not an insult. It is an acronym for the don't unfriend me. With the don't unfriend me's, you are part of the dumb nation. And if you've watched for one minute or you've watched 209 episodes after tonight, you are most assuredly a dummy. However, they do come out at night, folks. The special kind of suckers, the dum-dums, led by Dusty Dinkelman. If you are labeled a dum-dum, it usually means that all you have are talking points, you're fairly surface level, and you watch too much CNN and Fox News. I'm asking you to liberate your mind, open up, and realize that it's okay to disagree with your party. It's okay to fall in a different line. There's nothing wrong with it. That is your job. And opposition usually leads to truth. That's all I got, folks, so let's get to the show. You don't bring me flowers anymore. The cold hard truth is that the honeymoon is indeed over. 
After many months of coddling by the media and holding Biden's hand through his presidency, the teeth are starting to show. Republicans are waiting in the wings, and a collective sigh of relief is emanating from the right side of the aisle. We all knew it was just a matter of time, and it doesn't matter who the Democrats placed in office. Progressive and liberal policies fail on the larger scale always. Social policy, infrastructure, and the higher taxes is what the Democrats are known for. And although two out of three of those are necessary from time to time, Democratic policy really on the world stage loses, and America always gets weaker. Then we are sucked into those forever wars. It is a familiar tune that is on repeat on the proverbial jukebox of life. With the economy slowing, deficit spending driving up inflation, anxiety over masking mandates, vaccine passports due to Delta variant, and of course, Afghanistan is a soup sandwich of epic proportions. And this is also what we have come to know. The opposing party sits back, blocks the play, and then blames the other side for their ineptitude. But the only problem with that is that Joe Biden isn't calling any plays. He has failed to present any feasible legislation that has even the slightest chance of getting out of the Senate. The infrastructure bill will not gain legs, and it will most assuredly be quashed in the Senate. Why, you may ask? Because the window has passed for legislation, and now the midterms are upon us. That is why the first six months of a new presidency is absolutely paramount. Just a short time ago, Democrats were slaking their lust for power And the old adage, to be careful what you wish for, was in full effect. The Republicans are in a great position because America will not blame them because the mandate was given to Joe Biden, and he has dropped the football. America has a short memory, but when it comes to politicians, they always remember their pocketbook, and they vote with it as well. The problem with Donald Trump leaving so quickly is that the Democrats' transition to power was too slow. And they failed to execute, and it may cost them another four years, and control of the branches. The parachute and feather pillows that covered Biden's landing have been stripped away, and the large thud has come back to terra firma. For the first half of the year, Biden was avoided controversy, and the disdain from the general public has been quashed. But even the media is now tired of his act. As July and August was supposed to be the trumpet call for Biden's term, solving coronavirus opposition, infrastructure, now it will be remembered as the return of masks, the fall of Kabul, and the economy on the verge of collapse. Biden's approval rating has now dipped below 50% for the first time, and his coattails are short-lived as it was, no longer long enough to carry the party. This is the end for Joe. And the party will disassociate themselves from him if they expect any success in the midterms. The House is being held by the narrowest of margins. And the Senate looks just as bleak. With the surging of the military, Republicans coming from the woodwork, and we have people who are running for positions that we've never seen before. It generates excitement, name recognition, and spells that the right people for the job are on the precipice of getting our party back on track. From Eli Crane, from Morgan Luttrell's, Marcus Luttrell's brother, and a handful of Navy SEALs and Special Forces operators, the level of anticipation and fundraising is through the roof. And it's exciting times for the Republican Party. 
However, in U.S. history, only four presidents have beaten the midterm approval rating curse in the House of Representatives. And if 50 isn't going to get it done, it looks like the number is headed even further south and then, then seeing a possible respectable return to 55%. It literally will need to be the good ship terrific news for the rest of the voyage. And rough seas are in the forecast, folks. As bad as that is for America, it is fortuitous for the Republicans. At this point, it is all about small victories. As far as the Senate seats, that's another story. With a 50-50 tie, Republicans need to net positive one seat to win. Even if they give up a seat or two, Ohio and Pennsylvania are contentious. Republicans have an easy win in Georgia, and we could see a strong victory in New Hampshire with the right candidate. Sununu. August looks bleak, and the hits just keep on coming for Joe. But the real issue is the rally that President just held in Alabama. President Trump is making a shift. He's calling for his followers to receive the vaccine, and it earned him a torrent of boos and jeering from the usual blind supporters. He even called the Taliban great negotiators and tough fighters. We saw that also in Texas when Trump also asked primary voters to make the safe choice. This is the attempt for Trump to fly straight and down the middle and become a more appealing candidate. It won't work. Trump can't change his spots because he isn't the cheetah. He's actually the spots themselves. He puts a face to the right and inspire the left to vote. But if he isn't running, that is bad news for Biden. The realization is that Trump will more than likely, he's not going to run again. But he is more powerful being the puppet master rather than the puppet. Let him take Obama's seat on the diametrically opposed right and control the pace and goals of the party. What is better than one Trump? How about a whole bunch of them? A unified Republican Party under DeSantis or another, with Trump pulling the strings, he would be unbeatable, and he wouldn't even have to run. The realization is slowly dawning on Democrats that America never wanted them in office in the first place, and this is why Biden is in trouble and was on such a short leech. Too many Democrats believe that the intolerance of Trump actually equated to support for the Democrats. And this was the same for the Republicans who opposed Obama and Obamacare. And it was a grave mistake, and they found themselves holding the bag during midterms. The constant stonewalling and grandstanding as the out party doesn't do anything for you when Americans vote. They will buy your trope and vote the person out. But when the next cycle comes around, you pay the price and reap what you sow. The midterms are looming and America will have its say, after all. If there is any hope for recovery, President Biden needs to give orders, right now, to extend the deadline in Afghanistan to deploy the military and non-military assets needed for a longer-term operation and to keep the objective of the operation as evacuation of all Americans and all eligible Afghanis. This is not the time to levy criticism, evaluate the war as a whole, or score political points on either side. The emergency in Kabul and Afghanistan generally is dire. It is certainly not getting better fast enough to meet the president's timeline, and it may be getting worse with the news that Islamic State militants are actively seeking to attack U.S. forces and the crowds. The president must stop hesitating. He must order the mission extended and order all additional resources that such an extended mission might require into the region and into Afghanistan right now. There is no other sound choice to make. But there is a choice that Americans need to make. Why would the Republicans impeach Biden? By the time they do that, it will garner support for Biden. Every president who has went through impeachment proceedings has seen a bump 
and upward trend that rides into the next election cycle. Think, people. Biden is terrible. Yes, he is running our country. But that will happen no matter what now. Elections do have consequences. When your opponent is hanging themselves, you don't throw them a chair. You simply let them carry on. This won't be a swift exit, but either will impeachment. It is a useless tool that will never see the light of day. The House and Senate couldn't agree on the lunch menu, for God's sakes, let alone the removal of a sitting president. Americans need to stop expecting the president to impact our change and change their lives. The reality is that the president has limited powers. And when it comes to the states, even more. We have to stop waiting for the answer on high because that is where the problem originates from. The point of attack isn't rebellion or insurrection. That is a fool's errand. It is all about changing the foundation, weaken the structure by loosening the ground around it. We have to get involved in city council, sheriff races, the gubernational districts. We have to start at the foundation and change things where the power truly resides. The towns, the cities, the districts, the municipalities, the counties, and the states. This is why people are finally waking up to the simple truth. We allow the top to distract us and create a target that is unattainable. Consider that this is very much like a marathon. You can't expect to go out and run a marathon right away. You must train, create muscle memory, increase stamina, and really push further each day. Small bites that make up the whole after time. And changing Washington, D.C. is impossible. And we may as well be fighting Goliath with a, with a Nerf ball. But if we take bite-sized portions of their power and pick the low-hanging fruit, we will grow stronger. We will begin the transfer of a top-down government to a down-up government. Fight the small fight. Focus on the battles and the war will follow. But it starts with you. It starts with a belief in gathering, resisting, with a steadfast resolve to make the mundane into momentum. And momentum into a wave. And a wave into a tsunami that can reach the biggest giant and topple them. This isn't a war measured in months. It is a war measured by generational change. We have to educate our children, instill the values of honor, integrity, and fealty to our fellow man. Because if we fail to make the choice, if we fail to answer the call, if we fail to meet this head on, someone else will make the decision for us. Someone else will answer, and they will simply navigate around us, just like they always do. Folks, that's it for my show tonight. Thank you for watching episode 208. It was a pleasure to have you. I will go out like I always do, which is with the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. The Veteran Crisis Hotline is there for you. Press 1 when you call. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. It is a real thing. Holiday is coming up. That number is going to boost up to about 25 a day. It is way too many. Traumatic brain injury, PTS, anxiety, depression are all real, and veterans have to talk it through. The Veteran Crisis Hotline is the place to go. If you give them this number and they won't call, please reach out to me by PM or by phone or by email. I will make the call with you. I'll be happy to. I've done it many times. If that doesn't work, send them over to don'tunfriendme.com. They can click on the VCL link and be connected to a Skype operator or through their phone. It's that important. And if you are not a veteran, don't worry. You can still call and they will answer all questions for you, whether you're a civilian or not, because they're just that good. Folks, throw me a like, share, and subscribe down here. Go on Facebook, go on Rumble, go on my podcast. Throw me a five-star review. Take care of me. It keeps the lights on. I will keep coming back if you keep watching. And the last thing I'll say is we can agree. We can disagree. You can love me. You can hate me. Just don't unfriend me. Folks online, stick around. I'll be on for another five or ten minutes to answer all your questions. God bless, and I'll see you tomorrow. 
I think it's episode 209, by the way. So I'll see you for 210. I'm out.